0: Hello and welcome to the Ramon Foster Show, brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where they are open 24-7, serving hot, fresh food. Mode, my yes. friend, happy Monday. Happy, happy Monday. Monday.
1: It, it is, man. We see another one, and it's kind of great-ish today. It's, it, hey, Nashville, as of late, has been very Western PA-like, and I don't know if it's because there's so many Silver fans down here or what, but <laughs> boy, y'all got it. We got it right now in, in Nashville. All I
0: know is I'm happy to be out of that miserable Florida heat and back, back in <laughs> Pittsburgh. All I brought back was this Mixon's T-shirt. It's all yeah. I ever yeah. bring back from Fruit Farms. But no frivolity today. Remember, what we promised.
1: We did. We did. We're back on schedule.
0: This is a frivol free zone <laughs> or something. Uh, <laughs> no, let's sure. talk about the NFL draft, Mona. It's, yeah. it's coming up on uh, faster than people might think. It's at yeah. the end of this month. It is. The Steelers, of course, hold the number 20 pick, at least for now. We talk a lot, you and I mm-hmm. do, about quarterbacks, quarterbacks, quarterbacks. Uh, and We've gone through some of the names. You know, Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, Kenny Pickett, obviously. Yeah. Which position would you like to see? Presuming everything else is even. Which position would you like to see this team land?
1: I, I got to... Uh, hmm. simply because you asked me to pick one, which specific, and I don't have a specific because this team has needs still, or at least they need to dress some stuff before it goes further and age catch up and Andre can catch you here or there. And those two positions for me, I think is – I think you just
0: gave one of them away. <laughs> uh, well, yeah,
1: of course. Uh, well, it's definitely not quarterback anymore, considering no. <laughs> our old friend Ben is retired, uh, and I'm not ready for him to take a quarterback this year. I'll just be completely honest with you about that. Hmm. But I would say cornerback slash DB, whichever fits the mold best. I know you're know, still searching for that safety. Yes, you know because Terrell is still out there, and and if it's me, I say to Terrell, go back to where you're comfortable more than anything. And I'm not saying settle for a deal. I'm just saying, you know Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh knows you. And if for anything, you do one-year And you try to cash in on the next cycle of what free agency is going to be. So I don't know if there's going to be a safety or cornerback, but I see those two positions as positions that needs to have more, more youth, more talent, especially at the 20th pick. And it's going to be a lot of quality guys coming out this year, as far as the cornerback position goes to, especially in that 20 range, I was saying you can pick a safety if you're going to pick a a, a DB at that position, because the, the devaluation of safeties has been, disrespectful almost mm. they're they're really putting that position in a box almost as close to running backs like anybody can just go get one and you put more cornerbacks out there where you don't need a safety and
0: mm-hmm. i Converting.
1: don't like you convert them so again or you get a very physical corner that can play in the box and i.e mike hilton i cam sutton is another guy that played that role who's now starting cornerback heck let's be real joe hayden towards the, the latter parts of his career Talk about his physicality. He showed it way more than I think people expected him to. He's another guy as Pittsburgh ties. Ask
0: everybody in Nashville how they feel about Joe Hayden's Ooh, ability to stop the uh longest yard right? again. <laughs> oh man.
1: And man, that was I'll be I'm being real with you all the time, but that play by Joe may have been one of his most shocking plays I've seen him made make in his career.
0: Pure strength.
1: Pure strength and will at that point.
0: It's the reason you bench. Oh, my
1: gosh. (laughs) And do leg press. And Joe's working out like crazy right now. The other position, because I told you, too, would be D-tackle.
0: And that was the one I knew you had coming as soon as you started talking about older players. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And this is actually the sweet spot, honestly, of where this team has always went and got another guy. Um, When when Kiesel and Kersky was kind of aging up a little bit. Kiesel really... Career kind of jump-started around year six, seven for him. I know Cam's a little bit further along than that. I think Cam's getting into double-digit years now. And it's about time you start looking, okay, who's my next Cam? The same way you ask, well, where's my next Casey? Or where's my next? You know, there's a, a group of guys, and two is another guy that, if for anything, if I think Cam can probably play as long as he really wants to, just being honest, because he's a pro like that. But we're at a point to where you got to start looking. Okay, who's the next first rounder in that defensive tackle room with Coach Dunbar and that group of guys? Where they've been very strategic, I think, in passing along what the tradition of playing that role for the Pittsburgh Steelers is from Coach James, uh, from from Coach Mitchell, Coach John Mitchell, just never giving up, like never giving an inch to a young guy because the guys that played in front of him, that he coached up in that room, they earned it. Cam earned it. Tua earned it. Uh, Tyson Alulu has become a guy that shows you, well, this is why I'm a first-rounder. This is why I continue to sign back with the Steelers. And I think now at the threshold that they're at, with those guys getting a little bit older, it's time to start injecting some new guys in that room, some high-pedigree guys, because it's two positions that the Steelers always draft high at. Outside linebacker? Defensive tackle, nose tackle, baby. Those two positions right there are going to always be high because the expectations of what that room, those guys before him, the steel curtain all the way through the 90s, like let's think about that that lineage of guys through Pittsburgh history. I don't know if there's been another organization that's consistently hit like that.
0: Yeah, there's especially when it comes to defensive tackle. I, I think when you're talking about edge rusher, the Steelers have uh, – I was about to use a really bad pun by accident and say that they have an edge on teams. Uh, but that they they have they have had a different approach mm-hmm. where because of the three four alignment, because of the Dick Lebeau emphasis on, on blitzing, that they were able to find raw material mm-hmm. like Lamar Woodley. Yeah. Like TJ, if you get right down to it, TJ mm-hmm. converted. I mean, think about worlds. Players.
1: Jason Worlds,
0: Jason Worlds, who really didn't look like he belonged for a while, you know? Yeah. And and then once he found that path to the quarterback, once they put him on his correct side, everything was okay with Worlds. Uh, They have always found a way at that position. But, Moan, when we're talking about the defensive line, we are talking about the franchise of Mean Joe Green. We are talking about Chuck Knowles' first draft pick. We're talking about the anchor upon which the four Super Bowl teams in the '70s mm-hmm. were built, and then it's just gone on. And you know infinitely better than I do right. how these guys talk about the defensive line pride, uh, not just in terms of their play, but also in terms of you know how they are with the community uh, stuff. That that's a defensive line thing. We are the defensive line. We're the ones that you know whether it's Brett Keisel, Aaron Smith, and so mm-hmm. forth passed on to Tim yeah. and Steph and these guys. Ah, uh, that never stops, and Cam is going to want to have the next great Steelers defensive lineman yep. right here, right mm-hmm. under his
1: wing. Yep, a hundred percent, man. And I'm I'm looking forward it. There's some great guys Georgia got. So many defensive tackles that are coming out this year. I I don't think the Jordan Davis kid is going to be there. No, by neither that time. does the head
0: coach. <laughs> As he, he said at the pro day, Mike Tomlin was asked Jordan Davis, and he said he said uh, his actual response was. Uh, he will
1: already have hugged Roger Goodell by the time we pick. Yes, sir. (laughs) That's all I got for you, DK. D tackle me or cornerback, and I'm I'm good to go on those two. Move up and get Jordan Davis. We're gonna have a fun conversation.
0: When we come back, because Moans brought this up late last week, and because there was a development over the weekend on this front, we're gonna talk about Zach Banner. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. Uh, Zach Banner is uh, is a player who was, uh, you know, right there next to you uh, on the line. Mm-hmm. He's uh, a guy who it's impossible to not like. He's two uh,
1: down from me in the locker room. You know, yep. there's a space between me and his. Oh, and my. yet, if
0: he was twenty down, you would have still heard him. <laughs> and that's that's one of the things about Banner that I think. He put himself into positions, Moen, both on and off the field, Mm. where if he didn't excel, that it was going to come back and bite him. And at the same time, Moen, I covered the training camp at Heinz Field where he legitimately not just beat out Chooks, but Steelers' own evaluators deemed that he was... The best performing offensive lineman of anyone in the group, including Marquise Pouncey and David Mm DeCastro, in that camp when he beat out Chooks, and then the injury happened.
1: I know, I know. And the, the thing, his his journey, his path, his career has just been. So frustrating from coming out of college, uh, coming out of high school in All-American, going to his premier school, USC, and being the the coach's choice of everything that came his way. And then he gets into the NFL and has his issues early on. I know he's talked about his struggles with Wade and getting on d- different teams and battling back. And I'll never forget, uh, after I retired, you know, I'm talking to Coach T. I was the summer going into that camp. And Coach T told me, Mo, he did it. And most guys, man, you either struggle with weight a little bit, you manage it very well, or did you did what? Just, he did what? You, you lose it. He said he beat it, Mo. And I was like, what? He was like the weight. He was like, Zach, beat it. He was wow. like, man, he's in a great space. <clears throat> His body looks good. His mentals is all well. And I know the battle he went through with the diet with the diet that he was doing, the running, the training, the aspirations to be great. And and then again, like you said, the ACL happens. And I'm sure that was probably the worst setback he needed. Because he was playing lights out, like Zach is a big dude, like literally and figuratively, okay, and everything about him, he wants it to be big. Also, you hear his voice, you see his hair, you see his walk is big. His his mantra <laughs> is big about him, but but in all of those things, aside from you know, we're talking about his off the field stuff. Like the thing about all of that stuff, those wants, those needs, those um that that hope that you're going to be the man like you got to actually go do that too you know and i know the acl kind of tricked him off because it ain't nothing you could do about it turf whether we want to call it whatever it was it happened but then we come back this year and everybody asking the same question what's going on with zach and he's not there and because of like you said the on and off the field hopes and dreams of being big you at the end of the day you had to say Boy, you better perform. You know,
0: I heard it from others in the locker room, and it wasn't, I'm not sharing a secret here because it was stuff that would get projected across the room. Vince yeah. Williams was like, you know, saying, you know, hey, you, you know, with the big hair, big voice, big everything, you know, I'm really looking forward to you, you know, showing that on the field. The ACL, you know, I. I, I, I was there in East Rutherford and and yeah, it was probably the turf. I mean, it's the same thing that took Saquon Barkley down and there was other uh there were other players that ended yeah. up getting hurt, and there's so something of a pattern at MetLife Stadium with that uh with that particular injury. But there's also something Moan about the human condition that when yeah. you put so much into something and
1: all it does is punch you in the face. Yeah. You it, know, it's it, a different beast. And it's right there in the grasp of everything you want to like that deal. He signed a couple of years ago was a prove it deal. And I thought that he was proving everything he needed to man. But this is the part where I think some people like Vince and, and a little bit of myself too. I'll be completely honest were were of the mindset, like, man, you're doing a lot, but we need you to make sure you can answer that call when that phone rings too. And I think that's where he's at this past year was, Again, I I think the struggles that he's had probably kind of hit him again, whether it was weight, whether it was mental, whether it was a lot, because the battle back, man, and I thank God I never had a major, major injury, okay, like ACL and Achilles and shoulder surgery. You came this close.
0: (laughs) Very close,
1: and in four weeks I was back out there because I don't know what it does to you mentally. So if you're battling almost anything and you're – by yourself isolated. You know, that's why coach Tatum always trying to bring guys on road trips and stuff, because when you go get isolated and you're on your own time and you got all this money and you got all this access to whatever you want to, it's probably easier to go eat, easier to go party, easy to forget the game because why I'm not already in the fold anyhow. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's what happened to him this year. I don't want to speculate, but I know I've seen guys do this before. And again, Y'all know because I put it out on Twitter when he said he was going zero dark 30 like a couple years ago. I was like, about time, like stop talking on social Mm -hmm. media.
0: You weren't the only one to say that, to have that response on the team either.
1: Because when you put it out there like that and you're taking on everybody's battles a little bit and some of the stuff he did with social injustice was freaking phenomenal. Yes, it was. But, But again, DK listeners. My thing is, I don't care if a guy raps. I don't care if he sells. I don't care what he markets. I don't care what he does. He can go do a movie for all I want, doing his own stunts. (laughs) But at the end of the day, I tell anybody, do what you want to maximize your dollars, all of those things. But let's not forget what got you to that point. And that's that 120 yards. That's really 100 yards in between those lines and 52 across. If you don't perform on that gridiron, either in camp, or either during the game, people are going to come for your head. And that's what happened to Zach this off season. injury or not. Cause the best ability is availability and it happened to him.
0: I have never seen you happier. Not even after a big win, not even after winning in Cincinnati, then after that stupid tie <laughs> in Cleveland. And you know what I'm going to say here? Yeah. Because, I came up to you. You were taking the tape off your ankles and everything else. Uh, This was up in up up in Cleveland. And and you looked up and you said. I told you I'd be here. I told you I'd be here because that's how hard you work to make sure not only that you were going to be available, but that you convinced your head coach Yeah, that was the real battle.
1: The weather had to work in my favor because if it was 90 <laughs> degrees, he wasn't going to put me out there. He had already told me, Mom, if it's hot and humid, you're not playing because you're not conditioned for it. But it was an overcast. It was rainy, a little windy. And I was very, I was happy to be there because DK at the end of the day, again, I was more worried about what I was able to do on the field because everything else takes care of itself after that.
0: The effect of the athlete on, I'm sorry, the effect of the injury on the professional athlete cannot be overstated. Literally everything that you're working toward in your life just is gone like that in a split second. When we come back, hey, Moan. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster show. This is always the Hey, Moan segment of our program. And today's comes from Douglas Meek, who asks, Hey, Moan, would love to know how you first met DK. Obviously, we all know that. But how did this all come to be your friendship? And that you, you got into this was a, this was a YouTube comment and you yeah. wrote underneath it. LOL, we've never actually even talked about that ourselves. And it kind of occurred to me,
1: no, we really hadn't. We really haven't. So, me and DK, I'll be real with you. In the beginning, I'm sure in my young career, I didn't know who DK definitely didn't know how to say his name. Okay? (laughs) (laughs) Let me just go ahead and throw that out there (laughs) real quick. That's why the initials come in handy. (laughs) You feel me, Dijon? And you said, no, I think, I don't know if it was you or... Somebody's like, "Well, you know his name and his country is like as common as David is." Oh yeah. You know, in America. Yeah. So, uh Dejean is, is 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 that. And I want to make sure I'm saying it right even then. But besides that, DK in the in the beginning was was I'm sure like everybody else, just another, I'm going to go ahead and say another vulture in the locker room yep. that was trying to get a story. But the thing about DK has always been this. He don't come for you for BS. He come to you for realness and what you got to say. Like, no, 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 cut, cut all of that. Don't give me what you just gave him. Give me what it exactly was. And I appreciated that. It may have been you that made me realize that, look, y'all don't know anything, meaning the media, unless we say something. So if you ask me something, it's in your control or it's under my control, and I think you may have been one of the ones like, "Come on, Ramon, go ahead and pry it out," so I can get on with the story. (laughs) So it was that, and I appreciate that about DK too. And it wasn't, it wasn't snaky, it wasn't slimy on how you went about your approach. And our friendship became well, you was always there and in the locker room, and your approach to how you you wrote up stories and reported stuff was honest it was good it was fair and i was just like okay cool and plus then our conversations began to get a little bit better and you grew in. and i remember you came to me and told me when you were going to walk away from your old job and i'm looking at you side eye, like you doing what?
0: <laughs> what are you doing what
1: you're gonna start who <laughs> dk what Pittsburgh I, remember this. Yeah, I, yeah. I remember all of it happening and, and here you are again so when it comes down to me doing this how do we call this a job this show the ramon foster show Um, you, you brought it up to me a few times and I was just like, and you, you've always said to me, when you're done, that's all you also, that's all you, when you're done, you're coming here. Yeah. We should come here. We should (laughs) think about something. I'm still side-eyeing it. Like, dude, I'm making decent money doing this job over here in the NFL, but you were consistent with it. And I think that's always the best approach. I appreciate people that have their own businesses that have a vision because It's almost like a sport in a sense, too, on how you make it grow and how you get better at it. You got to be dumb enough, idiotic enough, ignorant enough, silly, blind, all of those things to think that your stuff is going to work. And when I saw DK stuff working, I'm like, okay, this is some cool stuff. And I remember you telling me about the growth of the site and how you're moving and shaking around Pittsburgh and trying to get it to grow. So fast forward to when I retired, you instantly hit me up and, you know, what you want to do? You know, you want to do this and. I started writing for you before I actually got the job here in Nashville. Mm -hmm. and I'm doing one article because I like to write. You knew that. I don't know how you got exposed to that, but you knew that Uh, I started writing the articles. And then we move a little further. And you kept asking me, we should do, you know, some visuals. I was just yeah, whatever. You know, I'm still trying to figure stuff out. And, you know, fast forward to this. We we were talking about, you know, we were doing it once a week. And then I miss some stuff and get busy. We're off on the different schedules. And you you really just kind of convinced me like this could work, Ramon. Like people listen to you because I never looked at myself as a guy that's, you know, is going to grab the crowd or I I don't have the Pro Bowls, the All Pros, the first round draft, none of those things. But you were impressed by how I reported and how I gave delivery of what I wanted to say. And I was honest about what I had to say. So the Ramon Foster show came from those relationships. Like this wasn't just a overnight thing. DK's probably asked me since I retired did I want to do this show for like the last like two years? And I've been no, 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 doing it once a week. And you were like, man, people want more of it. And we just kind of just sat down and discuss what this could actually turn into. And I'm, truth be told, this is a uh, therapy. I, I love talking to a Nation, love having conversations with you because we are friends. And I appreciate that approach, man. And um, it's easy to do stuff when you got like-minded ambitions and you got like-minded like friends. Not that we agree on everything, but- no. It's cool to have some back and forth and give knowledge and understanding to our listeners, too.
0: Yeah, it's about it, it's about and I, I'd like to think it's been this way uh, from the beginning of our you know, initially the professional mm-hmm. relationship, meaning in the locker room. It's about real and it's about trust. Yeah, um, when I which think is of, hard, that last is, part, ooh, the ooh,
1: trust ooh, part real, like I said, when you expose <laughs> to me, like we can't say anything unless you say it, so what are you going to say? Like no. the fact that you actually said that and it made me more savvy in doing my interviews as a pro too.
0: No, it's it, it's about that. It's about Chicago, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, babe, uh, I mean, and, and if for anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about here, that was the anthem flap in which uh, you and Marquise and in his ooh. own strange way, Dave had to deal with the anthem flap because Allie was rushed on out of that room yeah. <laughs> okay. by no less than than, than, than uh, people all the way up to Art Rooney who were in there making sure the things weren't going to get out of hand in there. But there's a realness that has to come with that. Mm-hmm. Um, from from a, a positional standpoint, I have always gravitated toward the offensive line men <laughs> uh, because I know where – My bread gets buttered in a given locker room, uh, depending on the sport. But I've also had people over the years, I'd I'd like to think that I still have them uh, with the Steelers, Penguins, and Pirates, where I say, that's my guy. That's the one I know I can trust. Not necessarily for like big, hot scoops, contract extensions and stuff. Just give me what's real. Mm-hmm. Okay. What, what's really, how is the team right now? What's the mindset? Mm-hmm. I'm not looking for stuff that I can go, you know, right. it's more just, I, I need to have a sense because I'm writing opinion, you know, or, or am, am I feeling what you're feeling? Right. I knew I could, I always knew that I could uh, trust you on that front. But my favorite question that I get from listeners and readers on a regular basis is, Can you find someone like on hockey who's like a Ramon? Can you find someone like on baseball? And I said, the only way that's going to happen is if Ramon takes up hockey or Ramon takes up baseball because there's only one of him. Please stop presuming that there is more than one Ramon. Now, if you do take up hockey, I know for a fact, Peter Laviolette would have you in front of the net on the power play down there for the Predators. (laughs) <laughs> oh, oh.
1: Just I, set the screen, man. I saw Ben have his day at, at PPG Arena, and all I could <laughs> think was, man, if that was me, I'd probably slip on the ice just walking out there. <laughs> so y'all don't want that, man. I promise I'm learning more about baseball. And I've been reading the articles and, and the, the daily shots DK of you talking about the pirates, and I'm just like, you know what? I don't know if I want that stress.
0: But I will say this in, in my own attempt to answer uh the initial question. Um, I'll, I'll make it a lot simpler, Moan, than anything professional or anything experience based. And this is something that I've told you yourself. There are people in your life who add, and there are people in your life who subtract. Mm. And the more that you surround yourself with the people who add, who pick you up, mm-hmm. who make your day better, the happier your own life is going to be. And Moan is an adder okay (laughs) the moan is someone who's like that and i've seen it not with me but with lots of other people they they gravitate toward him there's a natural and that's why you got to be union rep of the steelers and that's why people came to you in chicago oh my goodness the waves Mm -hmm. of people coming to you marquise is sitting right next to you and they're like (laughs) you know all mr
1: all pro headed to canton whatever nope
0: we're going to 73 that's why, because they knew they could get something from it. So, wow, what a question.
1: Yeah, it was, man. I, I, <laughs> I have no follow-up to that, DK. I, I, somebody told me, Mom, you got to start just taking compliments. And you know what? I'll just take that.
0: There you uh, go. There you go. Let's do another one of these tomorrow. Uh, you know what? I'll be here, anyway.